Chapter 46. Something in there. Peter, propelled by a shove from the big man behind him, stumbled into the clearing. The big man grunted something to Fighting Prawn, who nodded, then said to Peter, Fierce Clam thought he heard you whispering. Was there someone with you, boy? No, Peter answered quickly. Then frowning, he said, You speak English. Fighting Prawn sighed. I'm growing tired of having people point that out to me. He said, Uh, vous que je parle français? Francais? What? said Peter. Never mind, said Fighting Prawn. He grunted, grunt clicked something, and Fierce Clam melted into the jungle, followed by two other mollusks. If there are others, we will find them. Peter thought of Molly alone in the jungle, hunted. Maybe I should have gone with her. He shook his head, turning his attention to Alf and the boys, who looked tired and scared, but relieved to see him. Are you all right, lad? said Alf. When you went overboard, we were so worried. I'm all right, said Peter. How about you? Alf, nodding toward the mollusks, gave a who-knows shrug. We're all right, said James. Oh, yes, we're fine, hissed Tubby Ted, except for the part about being captured by savages. Savages, said Fighting Prawn. He stepped towards Tubby Ted. You think we're savages, boy? Tubby Ted, whimpering, scooted back a foot on his bottom. We're not savages here, continued Fighting Prawn. I know. I've seen savagery. I saw it often when I was a guest of the British Navy. I experienced it many times myself at the wrong end of a whip. Oh, yes, boy, I know what savagery is, and it's not to be found here, except when we have visitors. Sir, said Alf, if you please, we ain't savages, savages neither. I'm just an old sea dog with no great love of the British Navy myself, and these here is just boys. Yes, said Fighting Prawn, English boys who will grow to be Englishmen. Alf started to answer, but Fighting Prawn turned away and began walking toward the mass of trees at the center of the clearing. The mollusks who had been surrounding Alf and the boys stepped forward, tug it, tugged the seated boys to their feet, and began hurting the group of fi after Fighting Prawn. As they walked toward the trees, mollusks emerged from the labyrinth of vertical branches to watch their approach. By the time they reached the tree complex, the crowd had grown to at least a hundred men, women, and children, staring at Alf and the others, who walked in a closed, nervous clot. Peter whispered to Alf, "'What do you think they're going to do to us?' "'We'll be fine, lad,' whispered Alf, though his eyes betrayed his misgivings. "'They're savages,' said Tubby Ted. "'They live in a tree. They mean to eat us. Look!' Coming into view, just past the couple or tree complex, smoke was rising lazily from a large fire pit. Prentice and Thomas clutched at Peter, whimpering. "'It's all right, boys,' said Peter, putting his arm around the smaller boys.' one on each side of him. Nobody's going to eat us, I hope. They were, they were at the edge of the trees now. Peter tried to peer into the labyrinth of branch holes, but no matter which opening he looked in, he saw only a few feet before the passageway twisted out of sight into the gloomy interior. They moved along the edge of this tree path, or strange tree fortress until they came to a section where the exterior branch poles had been fortified with horizontal logs lashed to the uprights with thick rope made from braided vines. These logs formed a wall easily 10 feet high and 40 feet wide. Peter could see that the wall curved inward at each end, continuing into the fortress. Like a cage, Peter thought. Fighting prawns stopped next to the wall, and his little procession stopped with him. Now the rest of the mollusks gathered around in a semicircle, staring at Alf and the children who faced the tribe with their backs to the logs. Fighting prawn began, to, er, began talking to the throng in mollusk. The tribe listened in motionless silence. His speech dragged on for five minutes, then ten. When he stopped, one of the other mollusk men spoke, then several of the women. Then Fighting Prawn spoke again, at length, when some other, or then some others. It seemed to be a debate of some kind, serious but not heated. 
Peter noticed that the bright tropical light had faded slightly. Soon it would be dusk, then night would come to the jungle. He wondered how Molly was doing out there. Oh, I hope she's all right. He realized that aside from being scared, he was tired and hungry. It had been a long, foodless day. He leaned back, propping himself against the log wall. Suddenly, he jerked, jerked forward. There was something moving behind him, inside the wall. He had not felt, had not so much felt it as sensed it. He turned to see what it was, but there were ver- was very, very. I'm sorry. He turned to see what it was, but there was very little space between the logs, and all he could see in the cracks between them was darkness. But there was something in there. Staring at the wall, Peter realized that the mollusks had stopped talking. He turned and saw the tribe was staring silently at the prisoners. Fighting Prawn stepped forward. Englishman, he said, we have made our decision. It was more difficult than usual because some of you are children, but we have a law for visitors, and we have learned that the law is the only way we can ensure the survival of the mollusk people. We have made exceptions in the past and always regretted it. We have since decided that there can be no exceptions, even for children. The law must be applied to you as well. I'm sorry. Fighting Prawn grunt clicked something. A dozen adult male mollusks began moving forward. The boy shrank back against the log wall, huddling behind Alf. What do you mean? pleaded Alf. What law? What are they going to do to us? Fighting Prawn didn't answer. The man kept coming forward. Behind them, a column of smoke from the fire pit drifted diagonally into the bright blue sky. James, Prentice, and Thomas were clinging to Peter, who found that he could not breathe. No! screamed Tubby Ted. Don't eat me, please! That brought a grim smile to Fighting, Price, fighting Prawn's face. Eat you, he said. We're not going to eat you. Peter exhaled, then froze as Fighting Prawn spoke again. We're going to feed you to Mr. Grin. Dun dun dun. Chapter tw- 47 A Magic Island. Slank and Little Richard, having hid their dory on the pirate, or along the pirate's boat, set off um, along. I'm sorry. Having hidden their dory and the uh, pirate's longboat, set off along the beach. Slank was in lead. Little Richard walked a few paces back, armed with a flintlock pistol, which he hoped would be effective against spiders. Sir, he asked, where are we going? Around that point there, said Slank, gesturing ahead toward a rocky spit of land. So we ain't going into the jungle, asked Little Richard. Not right here, said Slank. This is where Mr. Stash went in, and I don't want us to run into something into him quite yet. Not till we find what we're looking for. We'll go around that point and we'll move inland. Oh, said little Richard unhappily. Walking on the hard-packed sand at the water's edge, they quickly reached the rocky point, a jumble of lava boulders, a jumble of lava boulders. They worked their way through these until Slank, in the lead, peered over the top of a massive weathered rock and behind a spectacular lagoon, its deep blue water shimmering and sparkling like diamonds in the late afternoon sun. In the center of the lagoon's curve, a water bo- waterfall burst from one of the two hillside caves, splashed down onto a cluster of gigantic boulders. Some yards offshore, there was a smaller group of smooth black rocks, like a miniature island. The nearest of the rocks rose to a flat spot, like the seat of a chair. Somebody, or something, was sitting in the chair. Slank blinked and strained to see it more clearly. It can't be, he muttered. What is it, Mr. Slank? said little Richard. It's a woman, said Slank, but it's got a woman? Little Richard, who liked women as much as he hated spiders, scrambled forward, inadvertently knocking Slank aside as he hauled himself up on the rock to see. Sir, I don't see no woman. Slank stuck his head back up. The rock was empty. She was there, he said, pointing. She was right there. Little Richard eyed Slank doubtfully. 
I tell you, I saw her. She had golden hair and... And... A what, Mr. Slank? A tail, Slank said. Instead of legs, she had long green ta- She had a long green tail. A tail? Said Little Richard. This woman... Or this woman that isn't there now had a tail. Yes, said Slank. So what you're saying, sir, is you saw a mermaid. I didn't say that, said Slank. I said I saw a woman with a... With a... A tail, said Miss er, Little Richard. Yes, a tail, said Slank, although now he was starting to wonder himself. All right, then, said Little Richard gently. Maybe we need... Maybe you need, sir, is... Maybe what you need, sir, is a little rest. I saw her, said Slank. Of course you did, sir, said Little Richard. Of course you did. Um, Now what you need is a nice sit down in the shade there, and then... Look, exclaimed Slank, gripping the big man's forearm. Little Richard looked, and there on the rock, dripping seawater, were two mermaids, one with golden hair, one with black hair, both breathtakingly beautiful. Little Richard tried to speak, but his throat clogged, and he turned, his face turned red. Finally, he spat out, Two! I told you, said Slank. What kind of island is this? Little Richard, gazing wide-eyed at the mermaids. It's magical, isn't it? Yes, said Slank, more to himself than to Little Richard. There's magic here, all right. His hand went up to under his shirt, and for a moment curled around the gold locket he wore there. Then he ducked behind a rock, grabbing Little Richard, or Little Richard's massive shoulders, and pulling it down. Get down, he hissed. Reluctantly, Little Richard tore his eyes from the fish and crouched next to Slank. But they're so beautiful, sir, he said. You'll have a better view soon. We're going over there. We are? said Little Richard, overjoyed. We are, but quietly. They're not going to let us... Or let. We're not going to let them see us until we get nice and close so they can't swim off. Them creatures has what we're after, and I aim to get it from them. But we ain't going to hurt them, sir. Only if we have to. Only if they try to keep it, said Slank.